Welcome back to another episode of Diplomantic and today's episode we're going to be exploring diplomacy and to what extent the average everyday citizen uh, can play a role in diplomacy. Today I'm joined by a dear friend Omar Salha, a PhD Nohul scholar at the School of Oriental and African Studies researching Islamic diplomacy, soft power and integration of Muslims in the UK. Uh, now, Omar, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing, Mustafa? Yeah, not too bad. I'm really curious about the subject that you're uh, researching. Yeah. Uh, essentially, diplomacy, um, we, the average everyday person, me, and, and everybody who might not be researching, will, will, has this idea that it's very much um, governance-based, very state-based, um, with a top-down approach to, to handling um, diplomatic affairs. But can, can you explain a bit more what diplomacy is? Mm. Well, if we wanted to sort of like unravel what diplomacy is and try and unwrap it and then really take it down to a basic understanding, essentially what it is is being the middle person between mm. um, negotiation so I mean, transferring one piece of information to 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 another to another person. Um, so you're playing essentially the mediator uh, within mm-hmm. within within that within that field. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, the idea of being able to mediate a conversation, be it at home, be it on the street, be it when it comes to state affairs. So that's essentially what it is. Interesting. So it's not exclusively for governance, this world. Well, no, I mean, again, it depends on what's, what, what sort of diplomacy we're talking about here. I mean, if, we, if we're talking about, you know, diplomacy within the realms of international politics and international relations, then, of course, it's, you know, there is diplomacy which is traditionally known as state-centered. But in today's world, I mean, the, what I would like to say is the characteristic of being a diplomat can be found in, in pretty much everywhere we go in terms of how, how does one negotiate with their employer, with their brother, with their sister, their parents, uh, with their neighbor, etc., etc. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at. So um, from your experience studying this, this subject, uh, how has that transformed today's world? How is the, uh, like we were saying, the average everyday citizen mm. is being involved or, or included in this uh, conversation? Mm, right. I mean... Um, from my research, what I'm looking at, um, the, idea, the idea of how diplomacy has moved on uh, from the traditional idea of having a diplomat or an ambassador representing a country um, at you know, exclusive meetings, UN uh, Security mm-hmm. Council meetings, etc., etc., mm-hmm. where now any citizen pretty much has the ability to become sort of that amb- ambassadorial role. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what I mean by that yeah. is um, the idea of you representing a group or an idea or an ideology. How? For instance, um, w- with the help of uh, social media mm-hmm. and technology, um, the term digital diplomacy has come about. What, what is digital diplomacy? Yeah. In effect, what it is, is having um, normal citizens, normal people, being able to use social media such as Twitter, yeah. Facebook, even Instagram, mm-hmm. um, to represent um, a specific uh, idea um, and actually mediate with people from around the globe. So effectively, there are sort of communicators um, in, in, in a digital commu- um, uh, 
digital sort of uh, communication world that mm. we live in today. Especially yeah. the idea of globalization has become, you know, uh, in the 21st century. Yeah. Everyone has pretty much access yeah. to, to, to these social media sites. I guess because you're involved with different circles and networks and, and, and on the many social media platforms that you are on, me, you, everybody that's on Twitter, Facebook, etc., is able to push forward uh, information or, or, or engage with the, with conversations with everybody around the world through these things. Precisely. I mean, this is this is again the, one of the many reasons why we have so many ambassadors and diplomats who actually have now Twitter accounts and uh, Facebook accounts and many many followers. Yeah. So they've actually caught up with the game, so to speak, um, and actually realized. Well, hold on a second. This is a very innovative field. You know, um, diplomacy is now changing different forms, taking on different um, aspects of the way we actually communicate. And obviously yeah. diplomacy, the, the primary um, uh, trait of diplomacy is communication, yeah. to, be able, to be able to communicate with people. Yeah. And of course, our form of communication these days no, mm. we say now, have you, you know, do you tweet? Yeah. So the way we communicate with people has, has, has transformed. Moving forward to uh, specifically the, 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 the context that you're studying diplomacy in. So, yeah. for example, um, diplomacy in Islam. Right. How does that play in? Where, where does the, what role does diplomacy play in Islam? Very good question. I mean, um, the idea of Islamic diplomacy focuses primarily on the idea of moral diplomacy. So the idea of actually uh, being able to uh, ensure there isn't any discord between uh, the, the Muslim community. Um, and this is this is primarily. I mean, as we look at the, the, the one of the hadiths of the Prophet peace be upon him, is that the most beneficial of you, or the the best of you, are the most beneficial to others. And I think what is important here is the idea of unity within the sort of the Islamic Ummah, um, and that idea of being able to have a diplomatic relation between again with Muslims and non-Muslims is quite fascinating, which is why I'm, I'm looking into. Um, the, our primary example of the, the sort of the the diplomat in Islam is. Our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, um, he was a, a, an ambassador and a diplomat for Islam, um, and he was able to to communicate and maintain good relations with people from all walks of life. So I'm interested to look at the the understanding of what is diplomacy within Islam, and to what extent why is it Islamic in the sense that we refer back to the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Hmm. And uh, from the outside, then different communities and different religions. Uh, how do you see their methods of diplomacy uh, fitting in with the way Muslim diplomacy, as you stated? I mean, I think the, the, the primary concern here is the idea of communication. It goes back to the idea of communication, back to the idea of maintaining good ties and relations between different people. Um, again, the fact that it's called Islamic diplomacy as opposed to just diplomacy, again, I think the word diplomacy can be associated with pretty much anything these days. Uh, you have cultural diplomacy, e-diplomacy, um, public diplomacy. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like you mentioned earlier, gastro diplomacy as well. So, um, And I think what, what, it, what, it, what it entails with regards to Islamic diplomacy is just the idea of being able, as a Muslim, I'm taught to have good relations with people from all communities in society. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, it's quite sort of complementary in that sense. Um, uh, uh, as, as a sort of a, a rule of thumb of being a Muslim, you must be good with, with people around you, your neighbor, etc., uh, and so forth. Any examples of this being um, 
actualized? Yeah, so I mean, with my research, I'm looking at the integration of Muslims in British society. And my focus is looking at sport as a case study. Um, the reason why I use sport is because, you know, for, for, for many reasons, the obvious one is that sport is, is able to transcend barriers and borders around the globe yeah. everyone's involved in this sport in this field and i'm particularly looking at football so i'm looking at muslim football players who serve themselves as ambassadors of their faith ambassadors of islam so we have young muslims who look up to these muslim players mm-hmm. who are again streamed and beamed through many media tv channels online um, through the digital world and just picking on the premier league itself we have 4.7 billion viewers per year from the Premier League, so you can That's imagine, right. so you can imagine the sort of the capacity they have yeah. to be role models for Muslims around the globe. Mm-hmm. So when you have Muslim football players who decline the Champagne Award for the man of the match, or prostrating on the pitch, yeah. or making uh, du'a prayer on the pitch, yeah. that association as a Muslim sort of enhances the ability to feel proud and actually feel that connection in terms of there's a message being portrayed here, yeah. and they are actually playing the roles of if you call it an unofficial ambassador of their faith. Outside of the academic world, uh, what initiatives or examples can you give us that are taking place which people who are listening or you know, around the world can, can get involved in? Well, coincidentally, uh, I'm also involved in the project called Ramadan Tent Project. Um, the, the idea behind this project is merely to, 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 to invite people from all walks of life, Muslims, non-Muslims, students, practic- practitioners, the homeless. Um, we're currently based in four cities, London, Manchester, Indola and Istanbul. Um, our prime location is uh, in, our, our prime location is in uh, London, mm-hmm. where we, we're inviting uh, people for iftar. So during Ramadan for 30 days, the doors are open. We're inviting people for free, for a free meal in central London. Yeah. And it's a good way to actually get an insight into an Islamic faith, which many people obviously in the media yeah. are, are getting the sort of the wrong idea. Yeah. And I was just trying to sort of beat the, the stereotypes and tackle the stereotypes or misconceptions that people may mm-hmm. have of Islam. Mm-hmm. So this is more of a people-to-people diplomacy, so to speak. So for those who are um, involved in the academic understanding of diplomacy, we like to call this Track 3 diplomacy, which, oh, is, which is on a citizen-based diplomacy. So we're looking at normal citizens, everyday citizens, who are exchanging ideas between one another uh, isn't there a fear of it becoming too muslim centric and, and may put off people that are not muslim well again i mean th- this is the thing we 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 invite people f- merely for the for the fact that to come and just get an idea so it's it can be a sort of a taboo where people feel reluctant to take that step forward mm. to actually attend these sort of events whereas for us we keep our doors open everyone and anyone is welcome and um it is basically having a free meal to celebrate the fact that it's ramadan so, mm-hmm. and the muslims have been fasting for like come this time around for 19 hours or so right um, and we invite everyone to come down and what, actually what fast. kind of what I'm um, just out of curiosity. Well, who usually comes or speaks at this event? Okay, so we have um, well, I mean, people from different faiths. Uh, we've had uh, Rabbi Nathan Levy from the Jewish Jewish community come and join us. We've had Mehdi Hassan, who's mm-hmm. a political commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had the Dean at Sawas, Paul Webley, mm-hmm. um, and we have yeah many uh, different you know uh, community leaders. I would say mm-hmm. you know, um, ordinary citizens, to be honest, and people who are, are you know um, high in the, you know well known in the public life who come and speak, offer a, a five to ten minute um, uh, conversation or, about what Ramadan means to them. Mm. Um, and um, and yeah, well, there is no sort of uh, uh, obligation on people to come and attend. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very free, very, very easy. Mm. Um, and in, our, in return, we just like to give a platform for Muslims to actually voice, you know, uh, to, to, talk, to talk to others about their faith. Um, uh, not, not in the sense of a, of a mission, 
to go out and actually convert people to Islam. We're not. We're not. We're not about that. Mm. Uh, what we are about is to literally merely give give an insight into what the Islamic faith is, especially what Ramadan is. Yeah, no, this it's great to to have these initiatives to include people in conversations and uh, and create a public space for people to you know build bridges. Exactly. Um, I wish you all the best with it. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. It's got some great reviews on on Channel Four and mainstream media. So that's. So uh, hoping to see some great stuff for the next year. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. And also wishing you the best of luck with your studies. And uh, that is all we have time for. So thank you so much, Amar. No, thank you very much for having me. And you know, all the best with, uh, with, with, in the future with, with the shows. <laughs> thank you. Um, so keep in touch with us. Uh, any feedback, anything you'd like to comment on, you can find us on Twitter, at Diplomantic. Uh, website is diplomatic.com. Uh, you can send your feedback there. And uh, yeah, until next time, like, share, subscribe. Uh, Edward and Enjoy.